Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. This is John chapter 14. Verses 15 through 21. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them. And reveal myself to each of them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Spirit of the living God, you're here, whether we're in this room or whether we're watching this. And so Lord, we just pray that your spirit would just be so tangible among us. It would teach us. It would speak truth to us in this world of lies. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I think we've all probably have had this experience of of walking into a room and unsure exactly um, who is going to be in that room and what we're supposed to do. Um, For me, I especially remember it uh, in the lunchroom the first day of school. It didn't matter what year it was, that that first day, walking into the lunchroom and wondering, who am I going to sit with? Are any of my friends having lunch at the same time? Who is going to be there? I imagine you've had that experience. Maybe you walked into a new job and, and you sort of wondered, okay, who are these people? What have I gotten myself into? Are any of these people going to be my friends or or maybe even when you walked into this church, whether it was today for the first time or, or five years ago for the first time, you wondered, who are these people? And are there people that I'm going to be able to, to walk with? We've all had these moments of feeling alone. But I think we've also had not just moments of feeling alone, but we've also had seasons of being alone, of feeling lonely. In fact, it is undoubtedly true that in this very room at this very moment in a room full of people there are people who feel very isolated they're wondering does anybody really see me does anybody really know me does anybody really care for me maybe you were at a family gathering a few weeks ago and you still felt that same sense of aloneness in a crowd of people we know that there are so many people who feel alone, who feel lonely, and to not think that you're loved for or cared for is one of the most difficult things that any of us can go through. Being alone is so challenging. And so kids in box one, I invite you to draw a picture of what it feels like to to be alone. 
as I was thinking about like what, is, what does it mean for us to, to be alone, I, I just had that, I guess, I, I didn't know it was Celine Dion song, but there's a Celine Dion song, All By Myself, right? Don't want to be all by myself anymore. Just this emotionality that comes with being alone. There's this pain and there is this drama that comes with it. You know, there is a, uh, there's a television show called Alone. I don't know if any of you have watched this television show uh, alone, um, but it's crazy. Um, some of our friends uh, told us about it, and this is what the premise of the series Alone is, is it's a reality competition, and what they do is they, they would go out into the wilderness somewhere, and they would just leave people, and they got to bring a certain number of items, and they had all these video cameras to, to watch, and then they just had to survive as long as they can by themselves in utter isolation except for the bears and other sort of animals that were around. Now, what was interesting as we watched the show and they were to film themselves doing different things and they were to film themselves doing what's called talking heads where they talk about what's going on is that about half of the people would leave because something happened to them. Um, you know, if I was sleeping and a bear came next to my tent, I would get out of there. I mean, I would have gotten out of there, you know, right as soon as I saw the boat pull away. I'd been like, what am I doing? This is dumb. But like they would, they would stay in. These are people who are expert survivalists, right? People who, who they love being outside. They love being out in the wilderness. And, and about half of them, though, there would be some event that would happen that would spook them or scare them or injure them. There was a lady who cut herself, and she wasn't able to continue after, after cutting herself. Um, but the other half, the reason they left is that they were tired of being alone. You know, we, they, they, would, they would make it for a while, and then they'd be like, I miss my spouse. I, I can't stand being away from my kids. One person, his mom, had cancer, and he's like, what am I doing here alone when I can go and be with her? alone. And so, and it's interesting to, as we watch the show, and as the season goes along, as people go a month or two months or even longer being alone, just how much more disoriented they become. Because here's what we know, and God said this in Genesis chapter 2, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good. We were not designed to be alone. Now, there are times in which, let's be honest, we all like to be left alone, right? There is this beautifulness of having your quality time by yourself. There are times, I think, especially those with, with young kids, it's like, oh, I just want some alone time, right? Just some time by myself. But here is what we know from God and from our own experiences. It is not good for us to be alone. It is not good for us. And so while some of God's very first words were that, some of Jesus's last words were these words, I will not abandon you as orphans, I will come to you. And so here we have Jesus sort of in John 14, 15, 16, um, this sort of section of scripture is some of Jesus's last words to his disciples. What is it that he wants them to know about as he is about to go away. And here is what we know, is that Jesus is going to die, and he is going to ascend. He is going to leave his people. In fact, he leaves his disciples twice, once through his death and once through his ascension. But he tells them, I will not leave you as orphans. 
I will come to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sure the disciples just had to be very confused about this. Like, what do you mean that we're not going to be orphans? What does it mean that you're going to come to us? What does it mean that you're going to leave us? What is the spirit of truth that you're speaking of? I just imagine the disciples were very confused, all right? And so, kids in box two, I invite you to draw a picture of the disciples being confused. And so, into this confusion, Jesus sort of adds to it, but also tries to to speak some clarity to it. And here's what I think Jesus wants his disciples to know, is that as real as Jesus is at that moment, the Holy Spirit will be to them in future moments. As real as Jesus sitting at this table with his disciples is at that moment, he is saying, I will not leave you I will come to you. The spirit of truth will, has been with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit will be with them as real in future moments. Now, here's what I know. You and I don't believe that. We would much rather have Jesus walking with us than we would the Holy Spirit with us and inside of us. And we don't walk as if Jesus or the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. And do you know how I know that? It's because you all apologize to me when you cuss. Now, I've heard all these words before. It's not a shock to me. Or you walk into church and I hear somebody say this, you can't say that in church. As if the Holy Spirit was just at the doors waiting to get you. There are things that we think, say, do in certain places or at certain times because we think the Holy Spirit is more real or present. But the Holy Spirit's presence is not dependent on our awareness. Everywhere we go, the Holy Spirit is with us. So on your way to church this morning, if you got upset with somebody in the car, the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was there in your morning prayer time. The Holy Spirit was there as you watched a football game yesterday. The Holy Spirit is there in your conversations The problem is not the presence of the Holy Spirit. The problem is our awareness of the realness, the bigness, and the greatness of the Holy Spirit. And so it's really important for me for us to preach on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit really is this forgotten and confusing God. And so I just want to just tell you a little bit about sort of how I understand the Holy Spirit. And let me be clear, it's not going to be clear. Um, We are trying to understand a heavenly concept in earthly terms. And all of our metaphors and all of our ways of understanding the Holy Spirit will fall short. But we believe as Christians, and we said it this Sunday and we say it every Sunday, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And then we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And so what we believe is that we have a triune God that there are three persons, one God. Now, how can this be? It's a heavenly thing. I don't really know. All right? But that we believe that they're each unique, but they've got the same heart, and they've got the same connection. 
And as I look at the history of the world, I really see the history of the world being the, the history of the three persons in terms of who is most prominent in the world. So at the beginning of the world, we have God the Father, who is the creator of heaven and earth. And from that time, the Holy Spirit was present at creation. It said the Spirit of God hovered over creation. All three of these have been involved, but God the Father took the lead in the first chapter of humanity, from creation to Jesus. From Jesus' birth till Jesus' ascension, Jesus, the Son of God, the Redeemer, took center stage. And from the time of Pentecost all the way up until now, we're in the age of the Spirit. And so in Jesus' time, God was in one place on earth walking around. But with the Holy Spirit, we believe that the Holy Spirit is with us, all right, and can be activated inside of us. All right, so the Holy Spirit is available to everybody. All right, the Holy Spirit is with everybody. I mean, this is what our scripture says. Um, Man, my thing doesn't like me right now. It says this, because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so for people who do not know God, who have not said yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is with them now, all right, and later will be inside of them. But because the Holy Spirit has been poured out, it is in us. God himself, as real as Jesus Christ was, as real as the person sitting next to you is, the Holy Spirit is as real. The Holy Spirit is speaking. The Holy Spirit is good. The Holy Spirit is true. And so we need to be people who are aware that God is with us through the person of the Holy Spirit. He is with you. You are never alone. When you do great things, the Holy Spirit cheers you on. When you do okay things, the Holy Spirit says, I'm here. When you do not so good things, the Holy Spirit actually will will correct things. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Now, it's interesting how Jesus describes who the Holy Spirit is. And so what our scripture tells us are these words. Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now, there's a few really good things here, all right? So, again, there's this relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all right? He does lead in all truth, all right? And he uses this word advocate. Now, advocate is not a a word that we typically use a whole lot of. And what is really fascinating, for those of you who like to read multiple Bible translations and maybe the Bible that you have in front of you, when you open it up, it didn't use the word advocate. It very likely might have used one of these words. Advocate, comforter, helper, companion, or counselor. In fact, it's rare when you see a word described all right, in so many different words and so many different Bible translations. And so it should force us to ask the question, what does this word mean? Advocate, comforter, helper, companion, counselor. Those are very different things and functions and roles. So what does this word that, that is translated so confusingly mean? So it's a, it's a word and it's called paraklesos, all right? Now the word para means with. So it is with And then the word klesos, all right, in the Greek, means advocation. It's really a legal term, a legal advocate. And so what this word is, is it's really about somebody who is with you 
and advocates for you. Now, I was listening to a sermon by a pastor named Tim Keller from up in New York, and, and he used the term ultimate friend to describe the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is the ultimate friend, all right? Now, I am sure that some of you have really, really great friends, all right? And kids, I invite you to draw a picture of one of your friends there in box three. But for us, all right, what does it mean to have the ultimate friend? How is it that, we, that the Holy Spirit can be the ultimate friend? And he really said that there's two things. Is an ultimate friend is somebody who is with you. It is so great to have friends who are with you. Again, last week I was in West Virginia, and uh, as we were there and to uh, be with Heather's family, and they're just a delightful, unique group of people. It's so great to be with them. But part of the gift that we saw was all of the friends that Daryl and his wife Judy had who would come throughout the weekend just to say hi, drop off more food than we could possibly eat in a week. You all have been there, I'm sure, too. Friends who are just there. They don't have to say a word. In fact, oftentimes it's not our friends' words that comfort us. It's their presence that does. And so the ultimate friend is somebody who's with you through the ups and the downs. They're not just there when you, when you think, oh, I need somebody. They're, they sort of anticipate needs. They're there in the good times and in the bad times. No matter what, there we go. And I think that this is the case that the ultimate friend, the Holy Spirit, can be with you and can be as real and as present as a human being. Again, this is hard for us to believe because we don't open ourselves to this. And we, and we have such a need for friendship and we sing songs like, Jesus, you're all I need. And what we really say is, Jesus, I think you're all I need or the Holy Spirit, I really need you, but I also need these five other things. And can they be fun people to be with? If all we had was God, would it be enough? I want my answer to be yes. I want that to be true, but it's so hard. You know, this is a time in, in which we can take comfort and we can take direction from people who have only had the Holy Spirit. I was talking with Joe earlier this week about um, the Holy Spirit being our ultimate friend and being present with us. And he talked about um, that, that, think about those who are going through persecution and people who have been martyred and, and those who experience great isolation from their community of faith and from their people. And what they really find is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Um, he shared with me this, this quote and said, but I also... Um, from a, a Muslim who encountered Christ and who had been separated from people. But I will also honestly say that looking back on it eight years later, this period of time was the most powerful time of my life. It shaped me, molded me, changed me into a disciple of Jesus. The Holy Spirit was my comforter. His word was my sustenance. And I will not give up that time for anything. If all you had was God. Would it be enough? Now, I do believe that God most often does not work through isolation, but in fact, often has his presence through people. One of the gifts of God is that, that he gives us the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus through his spirit. And so one of the things I want us to be more aware of during this time is when God puts 
somebody on our heart and mind. Now, I know you've been there because you've told me, you know, I was just thinking about you this week. I don't know, or, or, or I hear you say, you know, I, God just placed this person on my heart. And so if, if God brings somebody to mind, if God brings somebody to heart, I believe that is the Holy Spirit often prompting you to be the tangible presence of God for them. So can you be aware this week that you may be a vessel of the Holy Spirit to tell somebody that they are loved and they are thought of? Can you be open and saying, Lord, is there somebody that you want to say, I'm thinking of? Is there somebody that you are calling to say, I love you? And maybe that's all we need. Now, there, you, there may be instances in which you can't do anything. I remember this was probably about 12 years ago. I was in seminary. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and the name Dustin Martin came to me. Now, Dustin Martin and I were in high school together. We had a couple classes maybe together, but we weren't even friends. I didn't even, like, I didn't, I don't even think we're Facebook friends. I mean, like, you know, I don't, like, know him that well. But for whatever reason, he came to me. Now, I wasn't going to try to look him up at 2 o'clock in the morning, so I just prayed for him. And I don't know what his need was. I don't know about that. But I know that that's what God asked me to do as a way that, that maybe I can be with him and the Holy Spirit can be with him. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate friend. He's the ultimate friend with you. And he's also the ultimate friend who helps us connect to one another in these ways. And so I want you to just think about what does it look like for the Holy Spirit to be with you. And so kids in box four, draw a picture of the Holy Spirit with you. With us. What a gift. Somebody is with us. But that's not all that the ultimate friend does. They aren't just with you, but they are for you. They advocate. They speak goodness. They, they, they want what is best for you. They will the good in your life. And what, what Tim Keller talks about in his sermon is it says he speaks against the lies of this world and the lies of our hearts. We need somebody who will advocate for us against the lies of this world. This is, uh, it feels like a dangerous time to be alive because I don't know what is true. There's so much stuff that comes at us. There's so much stuff that, that constantly is feeding us. It's hard to know what is true. What is the right thing? How do I know what to do? We need somebody who would come and speak truth to the lies of this world. And we're so busy getting our minds filled by all this other incoming that the whisper of the Holy Spirit is drowned out if we don't make time and space. If you look throughout the history of Christianity, silence and solitude is one of the foremost disciplines for spiritual formation. And this is true before social media. It's true before cable news. It's true before TV and radio and everything else. They talked about the importance of silence and solitude. And now it is just harder than ever before, but it is no less important. If you're wondering why you're not hearing the truth of God, it may be because you haven't turned everything else off. And you haven't sat before God 
and said, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. I am here for you. I want to listen to you. We're bombarded with messages from the world. Can we bombarded with the presence and the truth of the Holy Spirit? Now, here's another reason why you and I don't listen to the Holy Spirit's speaking truth. is because we don't like it. You and I don't like the truth to be spoken to you, right? I mean, because when, when somebody tells me the truth, all right, especially when it's a, a hard truth, my first offense is always defensive. Like, how dare you say this? No, you don't understand. Well, the Holy Spirit understands. I can't use that excuse, right? All right, and sometimes there's something that maybe I'll read something in the Word and, and it will hit me, and I'll try to just pass it off because I don't want the ultimate friend to tell me the truth I need to hear. And this is what the Spirit does, is He speaks truth to the lies of this world. And oftentimes, those cause a reaction in us, and y'all, we're in a long line of history of people who've done that. Makes me think of the the story of King David. Now, um, King David was once confronted by the prophet Nathan. Um, You may remember this story, and just to catch you up on the story, David had committed an affair with Bathsheba. He had um, then had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed in battle, and then had her move into the the palace. And um, And he didn't feel bad about any of this because he was a king. He could do what he wants. And so the prophet Nathan was sent to go to the king and give him this message to help him understand that what he did was wrong and what he did needed repentance. And so Nathan went to him and he told him a story. He said, there once was this rich person who had all, this, all these animals, all this big farm, and there was this neighbor who, had a, who was poor and all that they had was a little lamb. There was a party and, and so instead of killing one of his own animals, of which he had many, he killed the poor man's lamb for food. Nathan, being the king, was livid. It's amazing how interesting it is that we can be livid about somebody else's problems, but not about our own. He was livid about what happened here, and he said, surely this man deserves to die. And then Nathan said, you are the man. Not in the way they do on golf tournaments on Sunday afternoon, all right? You are that man who took Uriah's wife for yourself. How dare you? And thankfully, David heard the spirit of truth who spoke to him, and he repented. He wrote Psalm 51, and here's what I think we need to do, is we need the ultimate friend to speak truth to our lives in this world. And when we hear things, and oftentimes, how do I know it comes from the Holy Spirit? I often, it it confirms what is in Scripture. It confirms the words of Jesus. The Holy Spirit points towards Jesus all the time. How do I know what the Spirit is saying? And oftentimes, I feel it in my soul, this, this just sort of irritatingness. And if I will just lean into the irritating, instead of running away from it, the Spirit of truth will continue to speak to me. Now, the ultimate friend, if we want to live lives by the Spirit, it means your world, my world, is going to change because he's going to speak truth to us. You need friends who will tell you the truth. In our trip to West Virginia, I got to see 
um, in person for the first time since 2010, I think, 11, I don't remember, um, two of our good seminary couple friends, um, the Wendells and the Burkharts. Some of them lived, the Wendells lived in Ohio, the Burkharts lived in Indianapolis, and so on our travels, we were able to see them. Now, I see those two guys every Monday from here up as we do a video, a Zoom call, and we confess our sins. And so I was telling my, my boys, because it's always weird when you're a kid, like when you, as a kid and you go and meet your parents' friends, it's like, you know, because they know about you, but you don't really know them, and it's kind of awkward. And so I was like, how do I describe these people to us? And so I said, well, Micah, they knew you because you were just born in sem- while we were in seminary, and um, they babysat you and that sort of stuff, but you're a lot different than you were then, all right? Um, and, and these guys, um, I meet with them every week. And then I said these words. I said, and I know their deepest, darkest secrets, which is totally true. And I said, and they know mine. Now, here's the great thing about Bill and Chris in my life, is they have full range to tell me the truth about myself. And so there are times when I'm confessing my sins, and they'll say, Aaron, what are you doing? Aaron, you know you were wrong there, right? Aaron, this isn't the way you should do this. You're better than that. They have full range to do that. We need that from one another. And that's a gift of the Holy Spirit, there being the presence of God in my life. But we need to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit speaking ultimate truth to our life. Are we willing to be vulnerable to let God speak, to tell us the truth in our hearts and our souls about where we're wrong? It's hard, it's not easy, but it's so important. The ultimate friend will not just speak about the lies of the world, the ultimate friend will also speak about the lies in our hearts. Because we end up believing things that are not true. So many of us walk around feeling about ourselves less than how God feels about us. We, we walk around and, and we feel about ourselves just as our most recent success. Or in this world, you are what you do. Or, or you look at, at, at things and you see everybody else seems to have their lives together, but, but you don't. You judge yourself versus other people's Facebook profiles, which isn't real anyways. And you begin to think about these things, and you begin to say to yourself, I'm no good, I'm not lovable, I'm unworthy, I'm weak. How could anybody love me? Those are lies. In Romans it says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's what the spirit of truth does, is that when we begin to think these things that aren't true, our spirit, the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Yes, that is who we are. And yes, that is who you are. I don't know how you walked in today, but I know that some of us may have walked in like this and felt like this. And the spirit of truth is here to tell you a different story. You are loved more than you can imagine God looks at you and he doesn't think, ooh, they messed up again. Thinks, my child, I love you and I'm here with you and I'm here for you. There's a song, we've, I, we've done it, I don't know if we did in this service, but the late service, it, uh, it's called Gyra, and the first couple lines just, just hit me. It says, I've never been more loved than I am right now. Do you believe that today? You've never been more loved than you are right now. And then the second line is this, I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. You know, I feel that. 
as a pastor, I, I hold that. Like, I feel like sometimes I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders, which I don't. I've got God under me, with me, surrounding me. I'm not holding him up. He's holding me up. And when I let myself go, he will help me to fly. And we'll feel the goodness of God together. You know, part of this great experience of the sabbatical for me was that for a season of my life, it did not matter if I was a good preacher, a bad preacher, a good pastor, or a bad pastor. And I remember reading the words in Luke of, of Jesus' baptism. Jesus hadn't done a thing of ministry yet. He hadn't healed a person. He hadn't preached a sermon. He hadn't done a single thing. And what happened is that the Spirit of God came down on his baptism, and God said to Jesus, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He hadn't done a thing. He hadn't been like, man, he's accomplished all this stuff. Now I'm well pleased. No, the Spirit speaks to the Son on behalf of the Father and says, this is my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. And so the word of truth to you today, from God with the presence of the Holy Spirit, you are my beloved sons and daughters. With you I am well pleased. You have never been more loved than you are right now. And so when the voice of truth comes and says, this area of your life isn't consistent, listen, because it comes out of love. And when you go to a valley and you feel all alone, just look beside you and believe that the Holy Spirit is as real as Jesus was to his disciples back then. And when you're on a mountaintop, and you're dancing, whatever kind of dancing you do, know he dances right alongside you. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.